Hey, friendo, Steve here. And Larson. And welcome back to Going In Raw, the only pro wrestling podcast you need to be listening to right here at youtube.com forward slash Stephen Larson and available wherever podcasts can be found. Be sure to, ah, I blinked. I was trying not to blink during that intro. It's hard not to blink, man. Yeah. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button, notify bell next to it. Make sure you're always leaving us a rating, review, and a comment. Every day, leave us a comment uh, on the audio version of the podcast. Always rate us. Judge us, please. Uh, and then, of course, we're also available on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Starting from $1, uh, we've got a bunch of reward tiers there. So you can uh, give us a dollar and you get a shout out on the show. Uh, you get the show ad free. $5, get a bunch of bonus episodes. And at $20, you get to have your video question right here on Matt Chat because it's Sunday. It's Matt Chat Show. Today is also uh, Fast Lane Day. Ah. So we're going to have a live stream reaction to uh-huh. that starting for the kickoff show. Correct. Probably around 30 minutes in the kickoff show because sometimes they do the match towards the end of the kickoff yeah, show. Yeah, usually we'll say 3.30. Yeah. Uh, so that's all good stuff. Uh, fast line should be a lot of fun, but there's also been uh, a bit of news this past week. Quite a bit of news. Uh, yeah, Tommaso Ciampa's injury, so we got some questions yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, uh, Samoa Joe, new U.S. champion, how it'll affect WrestleMania. Got some questions about that, and of course, Roman Reigns is back uh, full time with the company. He's going to be uh, participating in a Shield match tonight at Fast Lane, and uh, there's questions about Roman Reigns. So uh, first up, we've got new Matt Chatter, Lindsay. Let's see what she has to say about Roman Reigns. Hey, Steve. Hey, Larson. Uh, Lindsay here. Uh, My Matt chat question for you this week is uh, Money in the Bank is actually coming to Hartford, which isn't too far from where I live. So I'll be buying tickets for that Friday. But my question to you is with Roman Reigns thinking of maybe even trying to do a comeback, do you think he could actually win Money in the Bank? And if he does, do you think that would actually start a feud with Seth Rollins if he won the title? Thank you, Lindsay. Hey, and welcome to Matt Chat. Welcome to Matt Chat. Uh, I'll go first. Yeah, you always go first in the first questions. How we do so, it? So Roman Reigns has already said in his promos he is not going after titles. He is looking to use his platform to inspire and give hope to those who need it. And uh, although one way to accomplish that would be winning titles, <coughs> I kind of feel like, at least for a year, they need to keep that man title free. Just have him, I don't know, maybe do a new Lex Express for Roman Reigns where he goes to different malls around the country talking about hope and inspiration and his story about giving a Superman punch to cancer. Uh, maybe do that with him. Maybe have him body slam Yokozuna on the USS uh, Enterprise. Maybe have him uh, come up with a gimmick where he's a big narcissist and uh, he comes out at WrestleMania 9 uh, to fight Mr. All right, Perfect. All right. You have no and idea he's where you're going with any of this. A bunch of, and he's a total package. No also. idea where you're going with any of this. He's just, I'm just booking Lex Luger. You are. You have no idea where you're going with any of this. So, no, no titles for him. Yeah. No money in the bank, no titles. No. Yeah, man. That'd be great. No, it wouldn't be great. Have money in the Bank's in May. That's right after Mania. Just because you win Money in the Bank in May doesn't mean you have to cash in immediately. You have a whole year to do it. So uh, the storyline possibilities of Roman carrying that briefcase are immense and really interesting, given Seth and Roman's uh, 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 relationship. Brothers. Um, just this last week on Raw, Seth thought Roman uh, was trying to maybe uh, start a conversation about getting in on his uh, Universal Talent match at Mania. What's the, the ultimate culmination uh, of, of Roman's story at least as it pertains to wrestling, getting back on top. He can know. It's just he can wrestle again. Nobody wants to see him 
in that same spot that he was in before. Nobody wants to see that. And I don't think Vince McMahon I don't, wants I don't, to play with that I don't anyways. Think, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think it's true to say that nobody wants to see it. Did Roman you has fans. hear the apprehension in that crowd? Oh, I did. But at the same time, there Roman has, even before he had to take his leave, uh, there was fans that, that 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 cheered him being champion. And I think if the circumstances were right, if the story played out in an interesting way, then I think people would be on board with it. A year from now, yes. Money in the yeah, Bank is totally. too soon. No, it's not because yeah, he, can, he can carry that money in the big briefcase till uh, March of next there year. Always, people will always be thinking to themselves, oh, man, we're going to get Roman shoved down our throats again. That's how it would be. They need to wait a year, and he needs to naturally get into it. He can't start winning big, big matches like that with title implications nah, man. until Seth Rollins has had a long run. Put that nobody. Put they're that, like, dude, at this point, put that briefcase on him because of, because of Roman's illness and because how he put over Seth in that little speech, people want Seth to be the face of raw and Roman would be a threat to that. Then he they're not going to turn on Seth for Roman money in the bank. And he goes to SmackDown. Well, I mean, I don't. Yeah, that's. And also, Lindsay weird. didn't Nobody say. I don't think Lindsay down. mentioned what year Money in the Bank. It oh, could be <laughs> okay. Sorry, Lindsay, if you meant twenty twenty. No, yeah. I don't think. No, I don't think she mentioned what year. Did it have to be twenty? Money Steve's the bank all this on board year? with that. Or could it be twenty 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 twenty? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I think if done, if they can find a way to do it right long term, he could win this year and be totally fine. Nope. Yeah. Wrong. Incorrect. Right. Incorrect. Uh, next, Joshua Martinez. Some great camera work again. He's just sitting in his car in that. Man, that camera on his what phone is looks with great. That camera right there. It's a one plus, I think he said. Oh my god, I don't even know what that means. It's two plus, three plus, four kind of, plus. It's kind of phone, man. I know what math is, man. State of California. No, all right, but you're just geography you're talking about there. So it's, a, it's, a, it's just a, it's a model of phone, man. Joshua Martinez is a great looking Matt chat question. Hey, friendos. So with Tommaso Ciampa being out with injury, it seems like we're not getting Gargano versus Ciampa at Takeover and have that blow off for that big, uh, big feud. So what do you guys think? How do you guys think this will affect Johnny Gargano? It seemed like they were kind of they were gonna get the Aleister Black uh, ricochet treatment, where they get kind of like a soft launch into the main main event roster. Um, but I don't know. Like, do you think this means Johnny Gargano has to be held back at NXT for a little while, or, or do you think he himself can go on to main? Um, I'll be interested to know what you guys think. Thanks, Rendos. Thank you, Joshua Martinez. Thank you. I go first on this one. Uh, big question. Uh, oh, Johnny Gargano is definitely going to uh, 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 benefit most from injury. So if if the initial report is true, actually, no, it not, I don't think it was Melzer. Maybe it was Melzer. But I guess the plan was for Ciampa to take some time off after takeover anyways um, uh, to, to rest his injury. And so if the match seemingly... It's hard to get into this too much without potential spoiler territory. Anyways, the match apparently that was going to happen to take or was to happen, and then Ciampa was scheduled to take time off after that match. That would mean that one his opponent would win that match and therefore win the title. You can connect those dots how you will. Yeah, there's no connecting of dots. You basically just laid out the spoilers there. So good job. I didn't use names though, except for Tommaso Ciampa. <laughs> Y'all can put it together, man. Yeah, I know. Uh, so uh, Johnny Gargano is going to be champion. That's mm-hmm. probably what's going to be. Mm-hmm. That's probably what's going to be. Uh, so yeah, I, I have no, I have no reason to, to disagree with that. But I guess the, the real question is now. I mean, we're, this Wednesday we're shooting this. WWE officially announced that Ciampa's having surgery on Thursday, or had surgery on Thursday. Um, so I don't know if they're going to start the ball because they already taped a bunch of Dusty Classic matches, a couple of which involved DIY. I think at least one. Um, 
So how that's going to affect things. Obviously, they can't address his injury kayfabe until that stuff plays out. I don't, I don't know. Think. They did on Twitter already. NXT. NXT no, I know. WWE I know. NXT I know. in particular did. They both did. WWE and so, NXT did. So I don't know. It'd be kind of like I usually when they tweet something out, they, well, yeah. I mean, they tweeted out that Dean Ambrose is leaving the company. Yeah, but then they're not going to do that for people leaving the company. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how it's going to affect it kayfabe-wise. Anyways. Uh, anyways, there needs to be the title will probably, well, definitely be vacated, um, and then so they need to set up hastily a new title match. Then we're gonna get Gargano's new champion, and then we're gonna get uh, launched right into the Adam Cole undisputed era thing. Uh, why do I say that? Simply because I saw one little slice of video that showed Candice LeRae hopping on Adam Cole's shoulders and giving him a reverse Rana. It was beautiful. My, I hope, I hope, I hope. And this, it, it's totally awful for Chomp. I, I really hate it. However, if the plan was to call him up anyways, after takeover, uh, listen, here's, here's what I want. Here's what I need. Candice LeRae wrestling again. Maybe with Gargano out of this storyline with Ciampa, where all Candice LeRae seems to do is uh, nag him. Uh, we can get back to her doing what she does better than maybe anybody on the planet, and that is being a pro wrestler. Yeah, she's really good. That would be great. That would be great. So, yeah, that's really what I want to see. All right. Uh, speaking of the Undisputed Era, Christopher Rabersad has a question about the NXT title. Hello, Steven Larson. So, Tommaso Ciampa might be injured, so who should replace him to face Johnny Gargano for the NXT Championship? Or what should they do with the NXT Championship belt? What kind of match should they have? How should they book it? And who should go over the win? You guys figure this out. This is a tough task. Thank you, Christopher Rampersad. Thank you, Christopher. You go first. <clears throat> well, like I said, it's the Undisputed Era. I think <coughs> so. You're probably right. Gargano's probably going to win that title. Um, that being said, well, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know who's gonna if it's gonna be Gargano at Takeover. Who's he gonna fight? What are they gonna do? What are they gonna do, Larson? I don't know. They're Ooh, gonna do tournament. Um, I mean, that'd be cool. But then they have they just have so much already in the can, and I don't believe they can. Did you remember if Adam Cole has something? I don't think. Uh, I don't recall. Uh, I don't recall. Uh, yeah, I'm just gonna go and say the Undisputed Era. Um, they have said it's their mission statement. Didn't somebody mention, oh, yeah, Christian later on has a question about mm -hmm. this. I'm just going to go ahead and say this. It's their mission statement to have all the titles. Roderick Strong is now a singles gold guy. If you do the math on that, that means Adam Cole is now an NXT title contender. And so long term, I think the, we're going to see that with the Undisputed Era. Short term, we might have Johnny Gargano. Wouldn't it be something if Johnny Gargano won the title at TakeOver and the very next NXT he dropped that title? What that's his thing? Because he only had that North American title for like a week or yeah. three weeks or something. Yeah, but he didn't, he didn't successfully defend it He had once, no yeah. title defenses. His next title defense, he lost it. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think long term, it's going to be Undisputed Era. Short term, I guess, probably going to be Gargano. Yeah, it's going to be Gargano. Um, and I guess the interesting thing will be is how they wrap his probable win into the ongoing story as it's been going, you know. And I don't know if there's anything they've shot or can shoot quick like <coughs> to kind of transition or wrap up that particular uh, part of the storyline. If I remember correctly, there might be potential for something there. Could be wrong. Um, so that's, that's for me, for me, that's to be the really interesting thing is how they transition from what they may have had planned to what they have to do. And then who is actually going to be battling for the title at, at a takeover? I mean, I think I kind of remember spoiler wise what the la and there obviously needed to be one little bit of filler there mm -hmm. for the takeover match to, to be set. Right. Yeah. 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 
Um, I mean, I think it's it, it's going to be anticlimactic. They're not going to be able to write something that's fulfilling with Ciampa to get to a match with Johnny Gargano at TakeOver with anybody else. All they're going to be able to do, I think, at this point is have Regal show up on the go-home and say, unfortunately, Tommaso Ciampa will be required to have surgery. Therefore, I'm vacating the title. And at TakeOver, the number one can, the participants in a fatal four-way fatal or something. Four-way or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. You have so. Gargano, uh, Adam Cole. Uh, I don't know if Matt Riddle has anything planned for TakeOver, but unless right. he's going to win that match, you don't want him in it. Who's Matt, Keith Lee. Who's Matt Riddle? Top notch. Who did Matt Riddle fight last? Uh, <coughs> uh, last we had that feud with Ono. Right. Who do you have a match against? They had the sit-down interview thing with him. Yeah. And then I don't think they had a match that was of sub, like in terms of. No. Didn't they? Oh, it was a submission. It was Gulak. Yeah, that was, yeah. Good. that was a really good match. That was a really good match, but there's nothing there, so he can be in a match. Yeah, I just said unless he's going to win it, I'd be surprised if they if they put him in it, you know. Let's well, say he wouldn't win it. Don't have him pin or tap out. No, I think it is, it's probably too early for him, but he's a heck of a name to put there. Oh, hell yeah. Pete Dunne. Bring Pete Dunne yeah, in. He's Pete always Dunn good, good for that. I think Pete Dunne would be good. Yeah, so Pete Dunne, Adam Cole, Gargano. No, but he might already be doing something. <laughs> really? That's mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, I'll shut up then. Anyways, uh, moving on here. Ryan Rugani has a question um, about uh, uh, our friendo Samoa Joe winning yeah. that U.S. title. Let's see what he has to say. Morning, friendos. My question this week is, with the awesomeness that Samoa Joe won, even though I would have rather had Andrade win it, Joe was an awesome surprise. Do you think this is going to lead to a John Cena taking an open challenge from him at WrestleMania and putting him over? I hope so. Thank you, Ryan Rugani. Thank you, Ryan Rugani. Uh, Joe at C- versus Cena at Mania, hell yeah. Joe comes out, drops a promo saying, U.S. Open Challenge, we'll do it for Mania. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that want to do the U.S. Open Challenge, but he say for Mania, I'll do it. Cena comes out. We have like 10 minutes of back and forth promo. They're going to get, you know, like weeks and weeks of build <coughs> accomplished in 10 minutes. And they're going to have a 15 minute classic at Mania. Joe wins via Coquina Clutch. Uh, Cena passes out. And uh, Joe successfully retains. There's just so much backstory between the two of them. Mm-hmm. They were back in W Developmental way back in the early aughts, um, Southern California, I believe. Um, there's a lot to pull from. I don't know if I, I don't know if they're friends, but I yeah, I think they're acquaintances at the least. Um, so that'd be pretty neat if it were to happen. Yes, all the yes. How about them? How about you have them co-host the show instead? Can we just do that? Terrible idea. Are you kidding me? You already got Michael Che and and, and Colin Jost as special, special correspondents. You ditch them. We can't do that. They already announced it. How about Cena? Unless and Joe, Joe goes and chokes him out. Host, yes. And then him and Cena hook up and host the show together. I'd rather have 10 minute promo off and a match. Hosting. It's all about hosting these days, man. Joe needs a mania match. He hasn't had a mania match since he signed with the company. He was. What are those problems? Yeah, of course. Of well, course. he was. Of course it's Joe Cena. He was hurt one year, wasn't he? Of course it's Joe Cena. Give me a break now. Enforcer Stevie Bradley's next. Uh, he's got a question about another big man in the WWE. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Steven Larson and all the friendos. It's the Enforcer here with the Matt Chat question. And I want to talk about a fellow big man. I want to talk about Braun Strowman. He has fallen off a cliff lately. Um, this man, uh, the summer of 2018, was positioned 
to get that belt as Money in the Bank winner. And it just seemed to not happen. He was positioned as plan B. Uh, Roman gets his leukemia and is out. Yet they still pass him up. They'd rather put it on Brock. Now you got Seth as number one contender. You got Roman now back. You got Drew McIntyre. You got Bobby Lashley. I don't see where Braun fits into the championship scene. And it's pretty sad because about a year ago, he was red hot. And now lukewarm at best. So let me know. Is there a way that we can position Braun Strowman to get a title run? And if not, then where does he fall in the company? Does he just become a big show where he's just flip-flopping all the time and all the mystique is gone? Because I really hope not. All right, guys, let me know. Too sweet and a hearty handshake. Thank you, Enforcer. Thank you, Enforcer. I go first. No, man, I'm sorry. Maybe Steve, I think Stevie Bradley might be a Braun fan. I can't tell. No. He's, he's definitely a hockey fan. His collection of jerseys is impressive. He's buried to say the least. in a hole. He is buried. Buried. I do kind of wonder what the story is there. We had heard at one point that uh, Braun might have had some attitude issues. Showing not exactly Not exactly locker room leader material. Maybe it'll take him more time to get in that position. Maybe he's like a Tracy McGrady who will never be a locker room leader, even though he could be potentially one of the best people on the roster. Uh, maybe he's just not suited for that. I kind of feel like we already have a Braun Strowman-Colin Jost feud happening at WrestleMania. So, no, he's dude, he's done. And it all sort of started last year with WrestleMania when he won the tag titles with a 10-year-old child. That was stupid. It was really bad. Really bad. Right? Really bad. Yeah, well, I was, really bad. I wasn't into it, no. So, yes, he was supposed to be the plan B at some point. But if you look at just how deep the roster is, there are a million different plan Bs they could roll with. Seth Rollins is what they rolled with, and honestly, he should have been a plan A in the first place. Finn Balor, I mean, if Dean sticks around, he's a plan B. There's a million other people besides well, Braun Strowman. Still like Roman, Roman Reigns there, too. Drew McIntyre. Yeah. Roman Reigns back to being plan B, probably plan A. Who knows? Uh, there's, there's just too much... There's too much good talent. I'm telling you, man, I think I get the feeling that Braun might be the shack of, of WWE. Or, I mean, just a New Day big show who sort of just relied on the fact that he was a big, giant, special attraction type guy as opposed to needing to be a shark and really going after Vince McMahon's imaginary brass ring. I, I think he might be in that position. I don't know. I see, I see a guy like Drew McIntyre who seems to be just – hungry for that brass ring every time he comes out there he chews up the scenery that dude's probably a locker room guy too there's too many there's too many good names there's too many guys that are willing to go the extra mile yeah but vince and likes i don't his think beef. braun has been vince doing that likes his beef. well we saw that with the big show too and how'd that work out yeah but braun is is at this point far more athletic than the big show was shortly after he debuted in wwe bro i'm sorry braun is more athletic have you seen him run yeah but he still runs like this yeah i know but like after Can't 98 or 99 that's kind of how the big show ran too he wasn't doing top rope drop that kicks dude, like he was that in dude did not even run yeah i know he was too busy smoking cigarettes here's the thing braun still gets a good reaction from the crowd was it like it used to be no he's still he's still on tv in fairly prominent roles you get him back and you do a like you know uh, what got him over in the first place destroying things set him on the path of destruction um, in a decent feud like the one he had against Roman, which is what really catapulted him into the next level. And he can be right back 
to being main event material <coughs> very easily. People like Braun. They like to see him destroy things. They like to see him shoulder tackle people ringside. Um, and if he just takes one interesting feud where he can destroy a lot of stuff and he can be just as over as he was and he could be universal ch- uh, champion material real quick. They need, real quick. They need to be careful because people are going to stop giving a crap real soon. Real soon. So this may be very telling. If he has a, a, a nothing match. Oh, I can, dude. If he's in the Andre Battle Royal or something like that. It's, he's going to be feuding with Colin Jones. Probably. That's There's at least a backstage statement with that. And if that's the level of his involvement at Mania, then that's telling that they don't think I mean, given that they seem future. to keep on doing this Baron stuff, maybe he'll have a final big blow-off with Baron. No, I thought Roman was supposed to have a match against Baron because of the house show. Yeah, it'll probably be Dean. Dean's going to turn him in fast lane tonight. Maybe. Even though I said no, and the prediction's literally 15 minutes ago. Yeah, I know. Uh, next, from the Hall of Famer, <laughs> Christian! Christian! Hey, Steve. Hey, Larson. It is the Hall of Famer Christian here with the Matt Chat question. My question for you guys this week is regarding NXT's titular tag team. Try saying that five times fast. The Undisputed Era. My question regarding these guys is taking into account Ciampa's injury and all the other factors of how all of the men's divisions are looking at NXT. Is it a good thing for NXT if, if sometime in 2019 every member of the era is holding a title? Like Adam Cole said in the mission statement, NXT North American the tag belts. Would that be good for NXT or would too many other talents be missing out? Too sweet and hearty handshake. Thanks. Thank you, Christian. Christian. Yeah, sure, why not? Give him all the belts. At some point. Twenty eighteen. I kinda I kinda I'm kinda curious to see where the story leads where Adam Cole says this is our manifesto for twenty nineteen, all the titles draped in gold, and then they just continue to lose and lose and lose. They have to rediscover themselves. What really makes them undisputed? They here's what they have to figure out. <clears throat> they say, "What has changed since we had a lot of gold?" Oh, you're trying to say they need to kick Bobby Fish out, and now we don't have a lot of gold. Oh, I seem to recall we didn't used to have this old timey guy with us. You know, it could be a situation. Maybe they won't. You're ex- farting up the wrong tree, Velveeta ex- Dream. Ex- explicitly state this. <laughs> but how many times has there been like a basketball team? I can think of one time that's happened to Sacramento Kings where star player gets hurt. In this case, Chris Webber in the playoffs. Misses an extended period of time, comes back, and the team has a problem. Mm-hmm. Chemistry gets disrupted. Exactly. They were like a 60-win team. Yeah, the most wins in the, in the NBA. Yeah. And they got bounced in the playoffs prematurely. Yeah. Um, it could be a situation like that where Bobby Fish comes back at a point when Undisputed Era was kind of firing in all cylinders, and through no fault of his own, mind you, disrupts the chemistry that was there, and so they have to redevelop this chemistry to find uh, a new chemistry with all four members. Yeah, and then they kick him out. I don't think it necessitates kicking him out. Yeah, I mean, Redragon is a highly decorated tag team, man. They're really good. What have you done for me lately, Redragon? Velveeta Dream, that's what you've done lately. <laughs> you're farting up the wrong tree. I mean, that's pretty funny. You're farting Bobby, up the wrong tree. I, I love Bobby. Fish. Yeah, I think he's great. Nah, man, they got to get their mojo back. Here's the thing. I like War Machine. I think they're fantastic. Yeah. They are not even close to being as over as Undisputed Era. Very few people get are. Get those titles off them, big dudes. Back on Redragon. Uh, Roderick Strong takes out the Velveeta Dream North American title. Adam Cole. Baby. And then the next takeover is called Takeover In Your House. Undisputed Era. Remember how they used to name? Yeah, yeah. You know, I recall. I recall. 
Speaking of uh, Adam Cole, <laughs> Thera Thabata has a question about him and a friend of his. Thera Thabata. Take it away, Thera Thabata. Thera Thabata. You can only have one of these guys in your company, Kevin Owens or Adam Cole. By the way, Undisputed Era is not included with Adam Cole, nor is Undisputed Era in your company. You can only just have Adam Cole or Kevin Owens. Thank you, Thera Thabata. Thank you, Thera Thabata. Uh, you go first. Okay. Uh, so look, here's the thing: you go with the proven thing, Kevin Owens, Universal Champion, NXT Champion, Intercontinental Champion, United States Champion, Face of America Champion, uh, SmackDown Live dropping stunners on people, new face, uh, the he's in great shape, new tattoos, Kevin Owens, Ring of Honor Champion, PWG Champion, Champion everywhere. That's who you go with, Kevin Owens. That's your man. That's your answer. Nobody can. If I can only have one to build a promotion looking <coughs> forward, I'm going to go with the younger competitor who has a ton more upside, um, who doesn't have a, a major injury history, and that man in this case is Adam Cole. He's younger. He's five years younger. Uh, Kevin Owens is coming off double knee surgery. I don't know if Adam Cole's even had a knee surgery, much less two at one time. I don't know. Um, uh, he's great on the mic. Really good wrestler, good storyteller, and even at this age, 29, it still feels, feels like sky's the limit for him. Sky is the absolute limit for Adam Cole. He's a three-time Ring of Honor champion, first NXT North America champion, highly decorated athlete Longest in his own right. reigning PWG champion? At least at, the time, at one time, yeah. Yeah, one time, I think so. Did That's, somebody eclipse that since then? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. Anyways. But Adam Cole would be my <clears throat> answer. There's no bad answer there. No. I just think you go with a guy that, that's younger and, How about this? and hasn't had the injury history. So you're not allowed to bring Undisputed Air with him. Yeah. But he comes in, brings Mike Kanellis up from 205 Live, yes. Yes. and then they sign Matt Taven and they reform the kingdom. Mm. <laughs> you know, I can't find any promos online with all those guys together really? at one time. Maybe I just haven't looked hard enough. Or maybe Ring of Honor is really stingy with their promos getting out. Well, Zack Sabre Jr. had that belt for 480, no, 538 days. Adam Cole had that title. That is long, he's still the longest reigning champion. That's the long, long time. And that was from uh, December 2012 to May 2014. Lost it to Kyle O'Reilly. Who then lost it to Roderick Strong. That's funny. Who then lost it to Zack Sabre Jr. who had it for 489 days. <coughs> and who did Adam Cole beat for it? One Kevin Steen. There you go. There's who beat the, El Generico, who beat Kevin Steen. Well, there you go. Ooh. Interesting. Fascinating. Interesting stuff. Real interesting. Really interesting. You know who's really interesting? Guillaume Halili. Let's oh, yeah. see what he has to say. Hey there, friendos. This is Jacksonville's number one Matt Chatter, Guillaume. And it's a chilly day here in Jacksonville, Florida. Um, so I got my green tea, and I'm sneaking off here at work. Anyways, my question for this week is... What was WWE's best use of the expectation swerve? You know, like on Monday, everybody thought, oh no, well, at least I thought, oh no, Roman Reigns is going to be back in the Universal title picture, and he's going to take Seth Rollins' spot, because I'm a mark, and I'm a smart, I guess. But what was WWE's best use of that? Let me know your thoughts, and uh, stay warm. Larson, it's, it's, it's gusty today, so you probably hate it. This has been Jacksonville's number one. Peace out, guys. Thank you, Jacksonville's number one. Thank you, Guion. Um, your answer is probably a right answer because when you said it, I said, darn, great answer. But I'll go with this because we were there for that. 
Some of my favorite wrestling moments ever. WrestleMania 31 main event. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar. It was at the point where people were kind of getting tired of Brock. Uh, definitely the point where people were booing Roman Reigns a lot. And it felt like a, a, a no-win scenario. Brock retains, which we thought was like 2% botch area. Uh, more of the same, kind of boring. If Roman wins, it's the guy that's been shoved down her throat for the better part of the year. Um, so we were like, man, this stinks. I was walking on the concourse. I was like going for merch during yeah. the beginning of this match. Yeah. Good thing I didn't decide to sit the entire thing out. Yeah, that would have been foolish. Yeah. Um, and, Idiot. And, and never did it ever once cross my mind that there was a way out of that scenario. In fact, there was. It was Seth Rollins, Mr. Money in the Bank at that point. Before this, no person ever tried to cash in at WrestleMania, much less the main event of WrestleMania. And he had had a match earlier. And he lost to Randall yeah. Orton. Yeah, great match. It was a good match. So when his music hits, he comes sprinting down the, the the ramp I thought this is our way out this is how we can get out of this no win scenario there's a win here and that's Seth Rollins as champ of course he ultimately uh, uh, won that match became WWE champion and a, a great moment to close Wrestlemania swinging that belt around fireworks going off everywhere it was fantastic yeah we were marked out pretty hard for that yes but your answer is probably the right answer uh, well I mean the great thing is that the the, the nature of the question when did our expectations get swerved? Mark Henry came out uh, one night on probably Raw. Yeah, in uh, a salmon jacket. An amazing salmon-colored jacket. And he started delivering a very heartfelt, just fantastic retirement speech. And then, uh, and then John Cena came down to sort of, you know, give him the ultimate, hey, great job, I'm John Cena, I'm passing the torch to your retirement now. And then Mark Henry swerved the crap out of everybody. He drops him with the world's strongest slam. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was great. And then uh, he went on to have a nice little run there. Um, Man, that was so good. So, yeah, it was it was just probably the best Mark Henry moment there ever was because he's the greatest. Yeah, he's fantastic. Uh, next, Richard Morris is uh, concerned about a certain intercontinental champion. Let's see what he has to say. Hey, Stephen Larson. Richard Morris here with another Matt Chat question. What are they doing with Finn Balor? They're, he's not on the Fastlane pay-per-view. They put Bobby Lashley in this weird shield match when it should be Elias when he has beef with Dean. I don't know what's going on. Uh, your thought, I mean, the thing is feeling more and more like the Shinsuke Nakamura U.S. title run where he did nothing with it. He wasn't on TV. What are they doing? Finn is money. We all know this. They give him the title and then they keep him off the first pay-per-view after the title. This just doesn't make any sense. Your thoughts? Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, Richard Morris. Thank you, Richard Morris. Uh, so, <clears throat> what's Finn, up with Finn? He's going to be fine. He'll be fine. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He won that belt, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? Yeah. Wasn't he that had, long ago. He had a really strong uh, Moment of Bliss segment where mm -hmm. Alexa Bliss was trying to smash. Mm -hmm. And then Leo Rush comes out, and they have a really fun little match. Mm -hmm. Bobby Lashley still talking about him. He mentioned that yes. this past yes. week on and Raw. If not for the Steel Reunion. <clears throat> We might very well have gotten Finn Lashley, Finn Leo Rush, some combination thereof at Fastlane itself. But it'll but probably happen at Mania. We will most certainly get that at Mania. It might be a kickoff show match, though. Hope not. Remember uh, when we went, the kickoff show, one of the kickoff show matches was, D was Dean Barron? Versus Barron, yeah. With the IC title? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. But a match is a match. Yeah. Um, that'll happen at Mania. Uh, people love Finn Balor. One person in particular who loves Finn Balor. Uh, guy in the crowd uh, this past week when Roman Reigns said, hey, Seth Rollins, 
Uh, one man's been holding it down here on Monday Night Raw. One guy in the crowd said, yeah, Finn Balor. I wonder where Finn Balor was at that point. Finn did his part, has done his part. That was probably him in the crowd. Finn's going to be fine. People love him. He's still over. Uh, he's still putting on good matches. Oh, man, yeah. He's yeah. still involved in some sort of feud with Leo Rush and or Bob Lashley. He'll be fine. Yeah. He'll be have, he'll have a match at Mania for the Intercontinental title. I think there's, I don't think there's anything to worry He'll about. He'll probably keep it and just keep on keeping on. Yep. He's great. I really wish it would be Finn Ricochet at Mania, though. Oh, I think that'd be great. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, speaking of Ricochet, Zach S. has a question about uh, the most recent NXT call-ups. Let's see what he has to say. What's good Steve Morris and Manny Friendos out there? It is your match at Hall of Famer, Zach Gus. Coming at you with another match at question. Question this week is Steven Larson. We sort of know the pool of who's going to be most likely called up post-mania. You know, Johnny Gargano, Tommaso Ciampa, Aleister Black, Ricochet. Those are the four top main guys. But the question this week regarding those four in particular is if you were to put your money on not who should be called up but who is most likely going to be called up and you had to pick one that you would say for sure is going to be called up out of those four who would it be and why thanks boys thank you zach s thank you zach s ricochet got a good pop on raw this past week i thought didn't we didn't you i thought you were going with alistair black on no, this one i'm picking ricochet man got a good pop right. on raw when they said one <clears throat> and only during his theme is a good portion of the audience there live in attendance at Raw that said it along with it. Um, his theme song still reminds me of the original NXT theme song. Though. Yeah, a little bit. But, man, his entrance is great with all the lasers and the oh, fog. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it's fantastic. It's great. He fits right in. He's and, a big star. And more than just that, well, I think that is evidence that uh, the reception he's got so far is, is evidence that he's going to be a huge star in Maine. Big, big star. Because he can comport himself well on the mic. I mean, just that one on Raw with him and Aleister Black. Oh. At gorilla position with Vince Pice sitting right there, he did fine. He's a guy who could be in that fatal four-way that we booked ourselves for NXT yeah, yeah. for a takeover. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Um, but for no other reason, he's going to be over immensely because oh, no, of his. Yes, he can't. Um, well, maybe not. Um, he's going to be uh, over immensely because he's spectacular in the ring. He does these impressive athletic feats that seem like they should be impossible. Yet <coughs> he pulls them off with ease. Um, he will be over just based on his in-ring work alone. If he can be a decent mic guy, and and just you know just be a decent storyteller in the ring, he's gonna be over huge. But I know he's a spectacular storyteller, and he's really good on the mic. I see Ricochet in the same light as Finn Balor. Um, I think that there are similarities there, and I think that his I think the same way Finn Balor's ceiling is basically unlimited. I know that they have limited his ceiling, but I still think that at any moment they could pull the trigger on a big big Finn Balor thing, and I think they probably will at some point. I think Ricochet is the same way. However, I'm going to go with the surefire bet of Aleister Black um, simply because he's already been NXT champion. He has a look that is unique. His moveset is fantastic. The people marvel when he does the moonsault stuff um, or the flippy flip stuff off the ropes. Uh, I think he looks like a million bucks. He's got mystique. He's got gravitas. His promos uh, really just feel like they're deep and, and cool and stuff. He also talks like a different language is really cool. And uh, he's got uh, just he's a hot, hot couple with his Lena Vega. So I think he's got the, the whole world in his hands. Um, give me Alistair Black. Surefire bet. But there's not a there's not a bad answer. Not a wrong again. answer here. Yeah. Next, Xena 64. <clears throat> 
Take it away. Salutations, friendos. So, I just got done watching Wrestling with Shadows for the first time, and it just got me thinking, did Bret Hart take himself way too serious? Because uh, it just felt like he didn't want to drop the title, even though Shawn Michaels was rising up. Uh, he didn't want to turn heel, even though um, it was best for business. And uh, CM Punk. Uh, CM Punk held the world title for a whole year, and he didn't want to drop it. He still didn't feel like he was respected. So my question is, do, do guys like Bret Hart and CM Punk, should have they taken it, their personas way too serious? Did they take it way too serious? And uh, how serious should a wrestler take their character? Thank you, Zenith64. Thank you, Zenith64. Uh, I'll go first. Does Bret Hart take himself too seriously? You know Meltzer's answer on this? What? All of the greats took themselves too serious, took themselves too seriously. If you think about Stone Cold, I know he was all hepped up on energy drinks and he was like burnt out. But the fact that he would, you know, put the limit on, no, I'm not going to job to Brock Lesnar here on Raw, you know, but, that could be considered taking yourself too seriously. But let me ask you this. We, these days he doesn't. No, know. exactly. But does Brett these days? Yes. Yeah, because you know what, man? He got screwed, screwed, screwed in this industry. He has every right, number one. To consider, could you imagine Vince dicking him around back then, around 1993? Oh, we have to get away from this, the look of a steroid guy. So, and you're, you know, super over in Europe and look at your body and it's not, and you're a great technical wrestler. We're going to give you the world. Okay, cool. Awesome, Vince. Thanks for the boost of confidence. What? Hulk Hogan's going to take that title after I have to lose Yokozuna? That sucks. And then four years later, Montreal Screwjob, embarrassed, embarrassed. Well, it's, it's, like, it's, kind of, it's kind of because Brett took, took himself too seriously. It's like somebody made him get into a really, really cold pool and then trotted him out there naked. See, here's the thing. I, after, I, his, I, after his dingus, have, let me finish, shrunk up, and he looked like a fool with the shriveled up penis in front of everybody at WrestleMania there at Trump Plaza. It is terrible. They made him look like a fool at both WrestleMania 9 and Montreal Screwjob. Well, 9 was at Caesars Palace, not Trump Plaza. The same place. Still in Vegas. Here's the thing. Like the, the WrestleMania 9 stuff, I have some sympathy for Brett because that's not his own doing. He still took himself way too seriously back then. You can, t you, can, you can be serious about your profession and take your work seriously without taking yourself seriously. And I feel like he just takes himself seriously across all Look facets of life. Look at who he had to deal with. And then Shawn Michaels, who you know was a number one jerk. Oh, yeah. And his buddies running the place. That's terrible. That hey, poor the guy. Mon the Montreal screw job. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with Vince's premise that Brett screwed Brett, but Brett is not entirely faultless. If you're on your way out, drop the title. There is a way to do it in Canada yeah. so you can save face. What? He has to eat his pride now? <laughs> he He's a professional make wrestler. Make himself look like an asshole. It's not real in Canada. It's not real give fighting. Give me a break. There's That's a real terrible. Easy way out of this. You would scenario. be assassinating his character. No, you would in not. In front of everybody. No, you would give not. Give me a break with Here's that. Here's the situation. You have Triple H out there. Ref bump, pedigree, uh, super kick. One, two, three. HBK cheats to win in Canada. Guess who's gonna get all the face heat in that scenario? The press. Heart. The place that you built, that you kept together after Hogan left and Macho Man left, after everybody left, the place that you helped keep together, and then Vince pushes Diesel, guy who has five moves for a year, he yeah, has the he had title. A great head of hair though, <laughs> and he was cool, and, and a ton of something was, that Brett was a little bit lacking, and that was charisma. He was so cool too. Yeah, but he was a crap wrestler. But you push him for a year. 
Give me a break. Well, Brett could have. You have me co-win the Royal Rumble with Lex Luger. You know, that guy's terrible. Took his talents to uh, to Atlanta. Going yeah, to well, he's probably re- he was probably regretting that. But wow, imagine having some loyalty for somebody. Brett took himself way too seriously. Still takes himself way too. He's seriously. He's been through a lot. He has been through a lot. I see. Here's the thing. I'm not sure if he takes himself too seriously. I just think he's been through so much. You're not going to get a guy with a smile. You're not going to have a guy a with a smile. Point, you gotta, a certain point in life, you got to think, well, am I going to sit here and be bitter the rest of my existence, or am I going to find things to laugh at? He probably laughs plenty in his living room. Like, there might be a modest chuckle. No, man. I Do you think, think he, there's full-blown guffaws ever from Bret Hart? He barely laughs. Mirthless. When he watches, uh, what's a good Canadian comedy? Some uh, seconds. No, that's Yeah, that's that's it's, Canadian. Yeah, Second SCTV. City. Kids, he watches kids in the hall. Oh, yeah, yeah there you go. They're funny. That was a good show. Oh, they're real good. Yeah. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. Ooh, I love me some Rick Moranis. <laughs> Dave Thomas, eh? There you go. See? Yes, absolutely not. As far as CM Punk, yeah, he took he, way too seriously. Yeah, he took himself too seriously. He took himself so seriously. He thought that shit was serious. He can go to the UFC. Got clubbered. Yeah, he got worked. And he, then Mickey Gall got worked the last fight. Man, he clobbered. got worked. Clobbered. Worked. Oh, uh, you're right, man. Brett was so serious. He took himself way too seriously. He needs seriously. to tranquilo. Yeah, he just needs to learn to laugh at himself a little bit. A hey, little bit. It's okay to laugh at oneself. He got embarrassed. Perfect. Embarrassed in front of everybody. Well, he should and have then done he has business, to go man. to that dog and pony show, WCW. Again, if he had just... If he, is, I don't understand the idea of him, his character being assassinated if HBK has to cheat to win the title from his Survivor Series. It puts Brett over huge as a baby face no, in his man, home country. No, man, because here's the thing. You're sitting there, and that dude got over on you by being a, a, a snivelly weasel guy, and then you don't even have an opportunity to get your comeuppance? Yeah, because he signed a huge contract with another company. I don't feel bad for him for that. Oh, terrible. He was only making like $3 million a year. Oh, poor Brett. <laughs> poor Brett. <laughs> oh gosh, Brett, I feel so bad for you. You're only making three mil, three million a year. Oh man, you have it so hard. He does. He does. Poor guy. Yeah, Brett took himself way too seriously. Yeah. Next up, another guy who takes himself way too seriously. Wait, look. Why is Wayne Maker just lurking in the shadows? He's all silhouetted. Like, what is he in the witness protection agency? I don't Let's know. take a look at Wayne Maker. I don't know. Hello, and I'm back. Wayne Maker here in the house of Wayne. And I'm coming to you with a Matt Chat question. And it's not really a question. And by the way, so got, yes, I'm wearing a wrestling hat. I don't approve, but whatever, mug. Um, now, it's not really a question, it's more of a conundrum. Now, everyone always talks about the dream matches. If this person was of this era that came against this person, oh, it'd be money. But I want to talk about rubbish matches as in like proper, proper pants matches. For me, it would be the giant Gonzalez versus the great Carly in a 60 minute Ironman match. No one wants to see that. So I put it to you guys that you come up with the worst pairing of wrestlers in the worst match possible with whatever stipulation that you like. And by the way, Steve, um, it was Arsenal won, Tottenham won, so we kind of drew. It's <sighs> North London Derby rubbish. But anyway, you're a Watford fan, mug. Thank you, Wayne Maker. This is what I want to see. I want to see Wayne Maker. I can't see him. Put oh. on some lights, man. Next time, do it in your van. But yeah, it's like a Phil Collins video. At least you have that like overhead light there. Um, this is what I want to see. 
Sid, my favorite terrible wrestler of all time. Yeah. Versus. Oh, gosh. Giant Gonzalez. Oh, man. Who was a truly terrible wrestler. It'd be terrible. Um, in a steel cage match. And the only way you can win is climb over the top of the cage. Oh, God. Oh, that'd be terrible. What if any of them, like, falls from more than, like, two feet up? Mm-hmm. It's a possibility of that. That'd be terrible. It Here's, would not be a good match. It'd be a horrible, <coughs> horrible match. Here's a horrifying match. Low key. Known for working pretty stiff. Yeah, at times. Working pretty stiff. Shooting on some people, maybe. Versus Haruka. Who is Haruka, you ask? Do you remember when Kenny Omega wrestled a 10-year-old child? It is that Haruka is the 10-year-old child. So low-key. Oh, vicious, violent. Shoots on people. Little child. Little girl. Oh, terrible. In a last man standing match. Oh, Horrible who wants idea. to see that? Horrible idea. That sounds just horrifying. Why would you ever what, watch what about that? Low key versus the inflatable doll. Oh, well, that'd be like two seconds. He'd just be like, he'd like eat into it. He'd yeah, like just bite do one into stomp it. it. <laughs> exactly. Explode. Yeah, that'd be a squash. But oh, this would be terrible. That would be terrible. I don't want to see that. Yeah, I don't want to see it either. Next, Cult to False Realities. See what he has to say. What's going on, Steven Larson? Cult of False Realities here. Back with another match chat question. And my question has to do with special matchups. Preferably matchups that we haven't seen before. Or hopefully that do happen. <clears throat> now we all want to see Matt Riddle against Brock Lesnar and different stuff like that. But what about people that we haven't seen that are outside of WWE? And no, I don't mean Bullet Club and Kenny Omega and whoever else that we all really are dying to see but my question is who are some other people outside of the same people we always talk about that should face some people from main roster nxt or wherever me personally i want to see ivalese face mia yim because they saw someone have the same style or exolicious versus naomi because they kind of have the same style too but Pick, I say five matchups. Too sweet, hearty handshake. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you, Cult of False Realities. Thank you, Cult of False Realities. What do you want to see, Steve? Uh, Let's see. Oh, so uh, this guy in the indies, low key, uh, mentioned him in the previous question. Very stiff, uh, you know, shoot style wrestler. Have him, after he's done with uh, Haruka, have him take on Walter. Yeah. That's what yeah. I want to see. Oh yeah. my gosh. Could you imagine a couple of stiff versus stiff? A couple of hamburger chests oh, coming man. out of this. Yeah. yeah. Just beating up on each other. I want to see him try to take out Walter's shoot style. I don't want to be able to do it. Yeah, no, Walter's huge. He's a big dude. Speaking of big dudes, give me Cal Jack. Oh, the man. Local NorCal competitor. Oh man. Um Grizzly. He's excellent. The yes. Grizzly. The Cal Grizzly Jack. Cal Jack. He's awesome. Taking on the Beast, Brock Lesnar. Ooh, Cal Jack ooh. goes over in a squash. Uh, wow, really? Interesting. Yeah. Good yeah. booking right there. Yeah, I like totally that. good booking. <laughs> I like that. Uh, let's see here. You know what else I like? Loki from the Freak Legion. Let's see. This is a great question here. Hello, Stephen Larson. Loki Richard here with this week's chat question. Nemo was playing Resident Evil 2 today, and she turns to me and asks me what is now this week's question. Is The Undertaker a zombie? Have fun with the debate. See you soon. Thank you, Loki. Thank you, Loki. Uh, no, he's not a zombie. Yeah, he's a zombie. 
Clearly, okay. he's a zombie. He's dead, and yet he's walking around. Here's the thing. He's the dead I man. Remember, I think it was on the Pritchard podcast. The one I started listening to the one where they were doing Undertaker 2004-2005 when he was making the transition from American Badass back to Dead Man. Yeah, I think that's kind of like kayfabe or storyline-wise. He had to have been a zombie at that point because he, he died, and then he came back. Maybe originally it was just vocational. He was an actual Undertaker. I actually feel like previously <clears throat> it would it'd be more in line with him being... See, here's the thing. If he was a zombie, he didn't follow any, any of the typical zombie tropes, though. Well, the biggest one is you're dead and you're walking around. That's the biggest one. The rest is, is dependent on the, the writer of the material, what kind of liberties they want to take. Sometimes they walk, sometimes they run. But there's no decaying of flesh. He kept his... He looks. He looks pretty decayed. Well, he looks old. He looks pretty decayed. He looks old. Point. But uh, it, I don't know. It's, it's, like Kane's the same age. He looks way different. It's not. Is there something that's between zombie? I feel like he his character, Dead Man Undertaker, exists in some uh, some zone between zombie and undead being and actually being alive. Well, he could be this. Is there something in between that? Or he could be above it. He could be king of the zombies because he does have the supernatural element. He does come off as kind of a ruler of some sort of yes, kingdom. Yes, yes, Some sort of Stygian-esque kingdom. Yeah, there seems to be like, it's not just he's a, 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 a member of the undead. There's a supernatural element to, to his character yeah. that isn't typical with a zombie. Yeah. And the fact that he could flip between undead character and biker, then back to undead character. He can't flip. He can't flip. He hasn't flipped. He went from vocational undertaker to bike enthusiast. No, even back then, the, he sorry, died. Sorry, sorry. At, at the very beginning, yes, he was a vocation when he first came out. But then his one of his missions uh, was trying to convince people that he was actually dead as the character. And that's why he no-sold stuff. That was part of his character. Then he went to American Badass. And then when he went back Explain to... Explain that last part. Where'd you hear that from? Did he say I that? I think it was on the Pritchard podcast. Yeah. Like one of his things he was trying to do was, I need to actually convince people... Or was on no, it was on the the pasture. Was either Pritchard or the mm. interview did that pasture? Mm-hmm. One of the two. All right. Um, and then he flipped the switch to American Badass. All right. Biker. Yeah. And then lost the buried alive match. Came back as Dead Man. At first, it was OG Undertaker kind of style. But then as Pritchard said, they started to evolve the <coughs> character to work in some aspects of American Badass. So now he's kind of like an amalgam of American Badass with. Uh, uh, dead Man Undertaker. Yeah. I think the bottom line is this. He's not a zombie, though. We've seen him die. Something else entirely. We have seen him die. He was buried alive, and clearly in storyline, he died in 2000 and whatever. Let me whatever. ask you this. And then he came back. That is a zombie. Yes, he is now a zombie. Let me sure. ask you this. So, Before typically, typically, um, in, in today's zombie uh, fiction, um, a zombie is a reanimated corpse or so yeah I guess a reanimated corpse and they're usually reanimated via some sort of uh, 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 whether it be a, a infection of some sort or some sort of outside stimulus that might have some biological basis yeah typically right yeah sure yeah. and it's usually you know you bite you're getting bit by a zombie you won't turn, turn to a zombie at some point is there a term and it might go back to the, the original ideas of zombies where it, you're, it, you're reanimated, not based on some sort of biological agent, but instead some sort of new supernatural uh, phenomena. Uh, Is that still a zombie? Well, w- that would fall in line with like the Army of the Dead. Mm. And that's kind of up in the air whether that's actually a zombie thing, right? 
maybe, although I think it's general. I think nerd consensus is... is that it was, follows a lot of the tropes, even if by the letter of zombie Let's look at law. the Army of the Dead Wikipedia here. Because I remember we did top ten zombie movies and put Army of the Dead in, in, in that. Yeah, that okay. We were like, Army of the Dead. Or sorry, uh, Army of Darkness we put in there. Well, no, Army of Darkness. That's yeah, not that's a zombie movie. Army of Darkness. Um, if I see the word zombie in here, then it totally is a zombie movie. Uh, let's see here. Well, so the only entry in here that says zombies is there was a comic book called Marvel Zombies versus the Army of Darkness. Mm. So I think they have a lot of the same qualities as zombies and that they're undead. But may not be in typical sense a zombie. I don't think Undertaker is a zombie. Next, Patrick Sparks. Hey, friendos, Pat here. So this is a gaming-related question, in a sense. I'm building a PC here within the next couple of weeks. I already got the parts. Just got to wait for a few more. But up, up, down, down, Xavier Woods, great channel, whatnot. He always goes back and plays old-school games. And it's pretty fun to watch and just listen to the conversations he has with other wrestlers and whatnot. So, if you are on an episode of Up, Up, Down, Down with Xavier Woods, if you could play any game from your childhood that wasn't uh, NWO versus WCW World Tour or any other games like that, what would it be and why? Thanks for those. Bye. Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, B-Man. Um, Star Wars Arcade. <coughs> The original Star Wars arcade cabinet from, I guess, the 80s, early 80s, whatever it was. Um, I used to love that game growing up. So Can if you I, do two-player on that? No, you'd have to have like a challenge where one play, person would play, see how far they can get yeah, yeah, back yeah, and yeah. forth like that. Yeah, That's cool. Mine would be, I would say, uh, Mr. Woods, uh, Austin Creed, can you please uh, see how far you can get in The Adventures of Bayou Billy? Mm-hmm. Because that game was super tough. Yeah, it was hard. And I even got, Lacey got me a, uh, one of those retro consoles for Christmas, and I got Bayou Billy, and it's still really tough. And then, But then to have fun, I would play uh, Blades of Steel. Yeah. We should play some Blades of That'd Steel. That game was hella fun. Yeah, that was fun. I used to like the uh, Nintendo hockey. <clears throat> okay, yeah. That was fun, too. Yeah. Didn't have fighting stuff. in it. Like, oh, no, another one I want to do is NHL 95. Oh, yeah, you love that game. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Get injure people stuff. in it if you hit them too hard. That's good stuff. Next, A.O. Worm. Oh, what's up, Frendos? Hey, real quick, Steven Larson. If you guys were to actually start Frendo Unified Championship, like a rough draft of some quick picks of who from the Frendoverse you would have as staff and as talent. Like, I know you guys would probably be Vince and Triple H, respectively, of the company, but who would be your head of talent crea- of talent relationships, creative? Who ha- you guys have for the guy inside gorilla position, your camera guys, your ring crew, and some of the talents? Let me know what you guys think. Take it easy, too sweet, hearty handshake. Thank you, A.O. Worm. Thank you, A.O. Worm. What do you got, Steve? Oh, I was just, I was just looking at yours. Oh, okay. <clears throat> well, you can add in. Um, first, Stevie Bradley. Locker room enforcer. So this is the, the so we have a promotion. Yeah, and we have to fill backstage roles. Okay, as well as I guess in terms of uh, wrestlers as well. All right. So I have Stevie Bradley. He can be wrestler, but he can also be like locker room enforcer. Yeah. Um, Zach Stolpa, backstage interviewer. Good. Um, I have Ao Worm and Mikey Omega as heads of talent relations. Tim Spulak, head of guy who gets on the roof of the venue and fixes stuff. Or he could be your interviewer, on-camera interviewer. Cable? Well, I just said that for Zach Stolpa. 
Well, we, you can have more than one. Oh, the uh, 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 Tim could be a ring announcer. There you go. Oh, yeah. He's, he he looks go. like a ring announcer. Yeah. Uh, Therith Abada, head of production. Okay, that's good. Um, Joshua Martinez. Oh, chief camera oh, operator man. or director. We'll have the best looking director, stuff. Yeah. director, director, a technical director. Yeah. Uh, Cody Miles, head of social media. That's good. Um, Chris John, Chris John, the COO of our Hall of Fame. <laughs> there you go. What else do you got? Uh, that's all good. Um, we need who's who's doing commentary. I don't know. I gave up all these examples. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to say uh, uh, Graham Too Sweet Me all right. is on commentary because he has a very delicate Irish voice. That's and good. It's, it's very soothing. Oh, what about Loki? Well, he, can um, do, he can do commentary like Excalibur in the last. <laughs> there you go. We got to have Wayne Maker on there, too. Oh, uh, Wayne Maker uh, runs a concession stance. Oh, my gosh. Hey, you, wanker, you want some merch? Yeah, it is a merch stand. There you go. What do you want? We don't have it. Go away. <laughs> Waynemaker, how much do you make today? Ten bob. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, that's oh good. wow. That's good. Is there any role for Patrick Sparks that we can have for him that deals with conspiracies? Uh, head writer. There you go. Yeah, head writer. Uh, we got one last question from Devin the Dude. Let's see what he has to say. Over the last couple months um kind of seen becky's organic like rise to the top kind of be i don't want to say zach writered um but it kind of feels like it uh where like they've been focusing more on trying to get charlotte over as a heel trying to get ronda cheered um and kind of keeping becky out of the loop that it's hurt a lot of her momentum and right now a lot of people I feel like and I'm seeing on Twitter too are very confused and like about the storyline and how convoluted it's become um I kind of want to get your take on what do you think has really hurt a lot more of her momentum um and is it the convoluted storyline or has it been the things they've done to kind of like turn her from this like uh badass like stone cold type character to kind of the the underdog um whether it be tapping out to asuka uh allowing charlotte to talk over and make fun of her uh having her hobble out for literally the last four weeks um and not really getting too physical outside of on a pay-per-view randomly um i want to get your thoughts i know it's a little pessimistic but i mean right now it feels like we're in empire strikes back territory where the good guy gets so much heat on them and I'm waiting for return of the Jedi and I'm hoping these last four weeks before WrestleMania is trying to rebuild Becky's momentum back up. Thank you, Devin, the dude. Thank you, Devin, the dude. So that's, I read something today is today's Wednesday. I think it was Melser that said that, that one of the, one of the reasons they made the main event or probably the would be main event at Mania a triple threat, um, was to protect themselves in case of injury. Mm. So should one of the three principals get injured, they have a ready-made singles match. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if one of the reasons they're keeping Becky kind of on the sidelines and out of, out of action, for the most part, is because they don't want her to get hurt. It's to make sure she makes the match. Yes, to make sure that she makes it the match. The downside of that, she can't get as physically involved as she would prior uh, in 
people just like to see her beat people up. Yeah. And hopefully, my hope is, since we don't get to see it that much, when we do see it, <coughs> people are going to pop huge for it. Yeah, I kind of feel like it has that, that kind of slow burn as well. How like there's like little there, like there's a lot of simmering, there's a lot of tension, and then like it'll it'll explode. It'll explode. It's like there'll be blood. Yeah, we got a little bit of that at Raw. Uh, I got a little bit of that at SmackDown. We're probably gonna have a little bit of that in the you know next couple episodes leading up to Mania. Well, we'll have a little bit of a Fastlane. I think it'll it'll yeah, there'll be yeah. a little bit of release at Fastlane, but I think they're you know think of it like two tectonic plates rubbing against yeah. each other. And there might be little quakes. But eventually, there's going to be the big, big, big one. Big quake. And they're saving the big one for yeah. Mania. I think, yeah, I think all this right here, like, you're right. We're not seeing, like, we're seeing Ronda in matches. We're not seeing Becky in matches. We aren't seeing Charlotte ready in any, Charlotte in any matches, really. Right. So we're going to get this one at Fastlane. That'll probably end in a scrub, which will just want people to see. It'll make them want to see this more. I think the bottom line is by the time we get to Mania, when you see all three of them in the ring, it's going to feel like a big, big moment. Yeah. That's what they want. That's, I think, what they're going to get. Yeah, I think so. so. I think so. I don't think there's anything to worry about. Yeah, I mean, like, they've tried, People kind are of so impatient, though. altered path with Becky a little bit. Um, instead of just making her a pure ass kicker, they kind of, you know, like last night on SmackDown, when she came uh, into the ring for the promo, she said something like, it feels good to be back or something like that. Mm-hmm, yeah. Six months ago, she wouldn't have said that. There's yeah. a little tweak to her character. They're kind of just making her a tweener as opposed to, you know, like a heel everybody loves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But no, I don't think there's anything to worry about. By the time Mania happens, it'll feel like it should be the main event because it should be the main event. Yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that completely. I think people are just impatient. Yes. Yeah. Yes, totally. Anyways, that's it for Matt Chat. Thanks so much, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Until yep. next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Goodbye.